How, what, why? The first Sunday of the Bread of Life discourse where we heard about the multiplication of the loaves and the fish, we spent time reflecting on how God provides for what we need, that he takes from whatever meager offering we have to give to him, and from that, he provides for what we need. And he does it in that way to overcome, to alleviate our need for our self-reliance, that God provides with us so that he can provide for us. Last Sunday, in the words that Jesus started to use to explain the reason for the multiplication of the loaves and the fish, we reflected on what God offers us. That the first thing that God wants to offer us are those things that are eternal, those things that last even beyond death. These are the gifts that he desires to offer to us. Peace, love, joy, faith, hope. And he gives those to us, but that we need to have a properly ordered desire so that we desire these gifts, that it doesn't just happen automatically, that we can start to settle in our life for lesser gifts. And so we need the help of grace to desire what God is offering to us. And so the last Sunday of this three-part series on the Eucharist and the Bread of Life discourse, why does God give us these gifts in the way that he chooses to give them. I'm going to start by breaking one of the number one rules of public speaking and give you four quotes to start with, a sure way to make your audience fall asleep. But bear with me, there's a reason for it. First, Jesus, what does he say in the gospel today? He says, no one, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me, draw him. No one can come to me unless the Father draws him. And then I'll remind you again of the same quote that I've used the last two weeks in my homily from Pope Benedict XVI, when he says, the highest things, the things that really matter, we cannot achieve on our own. We have to accept them as gifts and to enter into the dynamic of the gift. We cannot achieve them on our own. St. Paul in his letter to the Ephesians today says, be imitators of God as beloved children and live in love. And then a quote that I like that's on the desktop of my computer because in my spare time sometimes I like to climb mountains. It says, somewhere between the bottom of the climb and the summit is the answer to the mystery of why we climb the answer to the mystery of why we climb. Why these four quotes? First, we cannot achieve these gifts that God is offering on our own. We can't get them. No matter how hard we try, no matter how much we know, no matter how long we try to do it, we cannot achieve them on our own. Because the only way we can come to them is if the Father draws us. And what is this that God is trying to do? Why is he trying to do this? Because he's drawing us to live in love. Not to live lovingly, but to live in love, in the mystery of his love. That it's not about the bottom of the mountain or the top of the mountain. The mystery is found on the way up, living in love. 
Think about it this way. The only way to know marriage is to be married. You cannot know marriage until you are actually living marriage. It's not a guarantee that you will know what marriage is when you are living it, but the only way to know it is to live it. See, I know a lot about marriage. I know more about marriage than most married couples because I talk with a lot of married couples. I have a vast array of experiences of different generations, of different cultures, of different life experiences, of good marriages, of struggling marriages. I know a lot about marriage, but I will never know marriage because I will never live it. That can be true of our life of faith as well. We can know a lot about God. We can know a lot about being Catholic. But the only way to know God, to know the life of a Catholic Christian, is to enter into it, to live it, to be a part of it, to live in love. This is why God is offering what he offers in the way that he offers it to us, because this is what he desires for us. There's an ancient heresy. A heresy is basically just an improper understanding of who God is and of how we are in relationship with him. An ancient heresy called Pelagianism. And a lot of us fall into it. Pelagianism is basically just named after a guy named Pelagius who believed that this was the truth. And basically what he believed was that If I just work harder and longer, I can get my way to heaven. That the way that I choose good things in my life and I reject bad things, if I just try to do that more and more for a longer period in my life, then I'll be with God forever in heaven. Heresy. It's a total lie. But how many of us think that or even just live it implicitly without realizing that that's how we are trying to get closer to God, by working harder and longer to try to overcome our sin. It's not what God is asking of us. It's not what God wants for us. God wants us to live in love. One of the ways that we can describe the Eucharist is as food for the journey. Probably just about none of you have seen it, but right in front of our tabernacle, there's a small medallion that says, Jesus Christ, food for the journey. This is what we hear with Elijah in our first reading today. Elijah has been faithful to God throughout his whole life, bringing God's message to the people, trying to get them away from worshiping false gods. And time and time again, even though he proves to them the authenticity of his marriage, or of his marriage, of his message, they reject him. And what we hear today is Elijah's actually run away from his own people because he's afraid that they're going to kill him because of his message. And so he runs away and he comes to God and he says, look God, I've done everything that you've asked me to do. It hasn't worked, just let me die in peace. So he falls asleep under a tree and God taps him on the shoulder and says, eat. Why do you want me to eat? I just want to die. I don't need food to die. Eat. Wakes him up again. Eat. You need this food to make your journey. 
And then what is his journey today? Up to Mount Horeb, the mountain of God, which for the Jewish people was the place of the presence of God in their midst. It's where Moses received the Ten Commandments. He needed food because in that he came to know the truth of what God was in his life. We have, as Catholics, many of you have probably heard the word viaticum before. Viaticum is the last time you receive Holy Communion in this life. And viaticum is a Latin word that literally means food for the journey. That at the moment, just before our death, we desire to receive Jesus Christ, body, blood, soul, and divinity as food to carry us up the mountain to be with God. Here's the prayer that comes after communion at a funeral mass. Lord God, whose Son left us in the sacrament of his body, food for the journey, mercifully grant that strengthened by it, our brother, our sister, may come to the eternal table of Christ. Food for the journey is given to us because God wants to be with us in the journey. He wants us to live in love, and who is love? God. Right? Being a Christian isn't first and foremost about what we do. It's not first and foremost about where we want to go. It's not even about having all of the answers about what it means to be alive. Being a Christian is first and foremost about who we are in relationship to God, to live in love, right? We even say that when we celebrate the Mass. The Mass, for us as Catholics, we call it a foretaste of heaven. That when we come up and receive Holy Communion, this presence of God in our midst we are saying that we are already beginning our heavenly life now. Because what is heaven? Eternity with God. See, the Jewish people that we hear in the Bread of Life discourse, they're talking, they're all fascinated about the manna, right? This great gift that God gave them for 40 years in the desert to sustain them, food for their journey. But Jesus is saying, that's not the actual gift. See, manna is a gift from God. The Eucharist, the bread of life, is the gift of God. God himself, given to us in our Catholic Christian life, which is something that we cannot receive anywhere else. Why? Because we cannot achieve it on our own. Unless the Father draws. So what is God offering to us? He's offering us the gifts that are eternal. Ultimately himself. How does he give it to us? By us offering what we have to offer. What do we offer when we come to Holy Communion? Me. Lord, here I am. I come to worship. Give me what I need. You. Why does he do that? Because God's one desire is that we should be with him now and into eternity. That's why Jesus says, I am the bread of life. You received manna from your fa the Father in heaven through Moses. That was a thing. 
I want to give you a person. I want to be in relationship with you. I'm going to leave you with a prayer from St. John Henry Newman. Sometimes you hear it called the fragrance prayer. And listen to the way that his prayer to God describes the way that he desires God to live in him in love and how that shapes his Christian life. Dear Jesus, help me to spread your fragrance wherever I go. Flood my soul with your spirit and life. Penetrate and possess my whole being so utterly that my life may only be a radiance of yours. Shine through me and be so in me that every soul I come in contact with may feel your presence in my soul. Let them look up and see no longer me but only Jesus. Stay with me, and then I shall begin to shine as you shine, so to shine as to be a light to others. The light, O Jesus, will be all from you. None of it will be mine. It will be you shining on others through me. Let me thus praise you the way you love best by shining on those around me. Let me preach you without preaching, not by words, but by my example, by the catching force of the sympathetic influence of what I do, the evident fullness of the love my heart bears to you. Amen. Amen.